Hey you guys, it's Elise and Henry. Welcome to Coffee 101. Okay you guys, so today we thought it would be a good idea to give a quick introduction to people who don't really know that much about specialty coffee. Or so, coffee in general. Yeah, or coffee in general. I think like I've always said, whenever we like use terms in our other podcast episodes, it's kind of like... Oh, there are people out there who have no idea what we're talking about. And as a communicator, I think it's important to always assume that there's someone that's listening that has no idea what we're talking about. This is true. Definitions time. We are like Webster's coffee, like the dictionary <laughs> for coffee. Is that a trademark? I don't know if I could say that. All right, let's, let's go. Ugh. Well, at least start us off. I need to, I need to sit no, back. No, it's, it's you starting us off, remember? <laughs> Yeah, so the two main <laughs> types of coffee. Now, there's a different, there's many different types, but I think the, the two most popular types that we see right now is Arabica and Robusta. There's two different types of coffee, and I think Arabica right now is the highest quality that we can get. It's typically shade grown, it's typically grown under trees, and Arabica coffee is really good. Typically, in Arabica coffee, we get fruitier notes, a little more acidic, and by notes, I mean when coffee is brewed, we get these kind of underlying flavor notes of what naturally comes out of the coffee based on how it was grown, based on how it was processed, and we'll get more into that in another episode. But uh, Arabica coffee comes from the Arabica plant, and typically there's other, there's different subtypes of that that we'll talk about too later. But again, Arabica coffee typically has that fruit and berry notes. Sometimes, depending on how it was roasted, we can get that chocolate nutty and like caramel type notes it's very pleasant coffee it's very high quality and when we look at specialty coffee now 99 percent of specialty coffee is grown with arabica can even look at even shops like folgers or maxwell house a lot of their labels will say hey we are a hundred percent arabica meaning they use a hundred percent of their coffee is from this arabica type coffee but honestly, when it comes to those companies, it's the lowest quality Arabica mm -hmm. that they can find. But there's also Robusta or Robusta. People say it differently, Elise. Yeah. Basically, Robusta is described as Arabica's street smart younger brother, which I think is hilarious. But all of that's to say is, and we talked about this in our episode um, about Vietnam as well. So we're just going to briefly go over it again. But Robusta is another type of the coffee bean or the coffee seed, rather, that is produced from this fruit. Um, it's typically known for its more bitter quality. Um, it is more robust, hence the name Robusta. Uh, and so therefore it's hardier. It grows in more, um, a variety of places. It can even grow in like lower elevations. Whereas Arabica tends to be like a little bit more picky about where it grows. Yeah. Um, it's also more resistant to disease and it has better yield. So basically it's just uh, all around, like as far as growing the coffee, a bit more easier to produce and it actually also has a little bit more caffeine than the arabica does um, it's typically used in espresso blends because it, it's known to produce a better crema which is the layer on top of espresso um, and we'll also get into that too in later episodes um, but all of that is to say it's tend it tends to have a slightly more bitter taste um, it's definitely not something that people typically enjoy on its own nope um, which is kind of why we wanted to talk about and highlight Robusta as um, something that a lot of Asian countries grow anyway, because that's it's where it tends to grow, period. <laughs> just a it's just a lower elevation. But again, we'll, we'll get more into what these look like, I think, 
if you think of popular Arabica uh, coffee-growing countries, we have Costa Rica, Mexico, Guatemala, Colombia, Ethiopia, Burundi, a plethora of other ones. Right. Where, as like you said, at least the yeah. Robusta is a very right. Asian-growing coffee. Right. Countries. Robusta is like in Indonesia, Vietnam, um, even actually Ghana and uh, and some some parts of Brazil as well. So. Yeah. But if you want to know more, it'll be in the show notes. If you want to look at the other types or varietals of Arabica coffee, a few of them are Tipica, Bourbon, and Catamore. Look them up if you guys have more questions about what that looks like. But again, the two main types are Arabica and Robusta. Yep, and so another element of coffee that you probably have heard of are the different types of roasts. So when you take those two beans, they're typically roasted at different levels. So when you often go to the grocery stores, you'll see like light roast, medium roast, dark roast, etc. So what do these actually mean? Um, for a lot of specialty shops, there are typically light roasts. So let's break it down. Um, of course, like anything, when you roast something, it's the longer the duration of time it is being roasted, it will kind of break down whatever it is being roasted. So the lighter roasts are lighter in color. They tend to have more of like that fruitier smell. They're the closest thing after the actual like fruit in it of itself. Um, after being roasted. <clears throat> they typically don't have any oil on the surface of the bean after it's roasted. Um, and the origin or like the flavor of the bean are the most, ex uh, sorry, distinct at the forefront. Then you get to the more medium roast. So of course the color is a little bit darker. It is a little bit sweeter than those light roasts. Um, it's considered to have a more balanced flavor, aroma and acidity. So again, a lot of those like notes will come out as well. Um, and it's considered to be actually the most preferred roast in the U.S. as of right now. Then you kind of get into the medium dark roasts, and this is where you get a rich darker color. You do see some oil on the surface of the bean in even after the coffee is brewed. Uh, it does have a slightly bittersweet aftertaste. The flavor and the aroma uh, emerge a bit more, but the acidity, so like the brightness of the, the flavor, tends to disappear. And then lastly, you get into the darker roasts, which you see in like, oh, don't yuck people's yums, bro. <laughs> the darker roasts are French roasts and Italian right. roasts typically. Sorry, something in my throat. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely like the most oily of all of them. Um, and it does have a significant amount of bitterness. And the original flavor of the coffee bean is gone. So uh, it's- This it's, is where a lot of people say like strong or bold as right. like, describing right. coffee which actually is not correct words right. to describe coffee strong and bold right it's just actually more bitter and honestly you're just it's like how do how would i describe this it's honestly like <laughs> like eating a burnt popcorn is yeah. kind of the idea um Very which much is so. which or is, not even the burnt popcorn like 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 leaving the popcorn kernel in the microwave for like hours and then you like grab it and you just you peel just the skin off right and you lick it <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure, so. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I describe it yes. like that. But long story short, the lighter the roast, the more acidic. And by acidic, don't think like too sour or lemony. Think more like fruity and brighter and like words like that to describe that coffee flavor uh, closer to the actual um, original flavor of the, the bean in and of itself or the, f the fruit rather. And then the farther you go down in the roasting process, the more bitter and like bolder, quote unquote, the, the taste will be. So in specialty coffee, the lighter roasts, more medium to lighter roasts tend to be the more favorable ones. Um, 
because again, it, it gets to the heart of what the flavor of the actual fruit is intended to be. Whereas most um, commercial brands uh, tend to do uh, those darker roasts um, just because it's just easier for like putting blends or like mm. even um, f uh, natural or not natural, unnatural syrups that are like blended with the, the roast. Um, so, but we'll get into that in just a sec. So Henry's going to talk about the different, like the evolution of that. Eras. Yeah, of coffee, yeah. If you will. And that honestly a lot, looking at those three different types of roast, light, medium, dark, and whatnot really plays a role in the eras of coffee or a lot of people in specialty coffee call it the three waves of coffee or the three eras of coffee we see the first wave kind of developed in the 1800s this is when coffee first kind of became a thing in america or even even across the world but it wasn't really seen as something special it was just seen as like a as like a caffeine boost right mm -hmm. it's fast it's efficient it's easy it's it's accessible this is where you get your folgers your Maxwell House, house that was kind of developing coffee all across America where people could get it. But then you get kind of into the 1970s and this is where your Starbs, you know, Starbucks comes mm -hmm. in, your caribou coffee, and then kind of in, in the latter half of the second wave of coffee, you get kind of well-known coffee shops like Blue Bottle and La Colombe and whatnot that are contributing to what eventually will be the third wave of coffee. But in the second wave of coffee, this is where coffee is kind of like it's kind of seen as like a specialty drink. It's like kind of what can we do to coffee to make it better? Like adding milk, cream, sugary syrups. It's it's really mass produced. And again, Starbucks plays a huge role in yeah. that. Yeah, actually, um, a fun story. So I was listening to another podcast called uh, Coffee History or like the History of Coffee. I forget which one it is, but um, there was a there was a story where they mentioned where when Starbucks was first starting, the one of the founders of it visited a shop in Italy and loved the like vibe of it that he tried to recreate that in the states and it totally bombed so instead it turned into what we know as starbucks now um, right. which is like the actual shop like a sit down event like a whole thing so um yeah i just thought that was like a really interesting story so yeah that's that's super cool and a fun other side story my dad actually used to work for like a limousine business he would drive like really nice limousines he would drive honestly he used to meet like tons of famous people that he's driven around but when he was about 30 years old, he actually drove the CEO of Starbucks oh, wow. um, for, for a while. And he told me one day he picked him up from the airport and the guy was, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the CEO of Starbucks name. Uh, <laughs> but he was driving my dad around and he's like, hey, let's go to a Starbucks. And we went into Starbucks and the CEO of Starbucks, my dad like walked in, Whoa. he paid for my dad's drink and like, nobody knew who he was, what? which is like wild. Cause like I know our cafe manager and our owner at the shop that we work at so well, but it's like yeah. no one knew who he was. And then the CEO came back and like told my dad all the things they did wrong with their coffee. <gasps> oh. So I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> fun story. But I think as we look at that second wave, that's where we see such prominent levels of like dark roast or like medium dark roast coffee. Yeah. I think I think that's why, and I'll talk about that in the third wave of coffee. like. A lot of times older people come into our cafe and they're like, we want strong and bold because mm -hmm. that's what they grew up with. So yeah. I kind of give older people grace yeah. when it comes to that because I think one of the biggest questions we get at our cafe is like, do you have any dark roast coffee? Yeah. And so, well, actually, like most of our coffee is a light. This is, we do to our best to, we have a coffee that's kind of a medium roast that, that, that helps. Yeah, it's like the happy medium. That, yeah, happy medium. <laughs> then we get into the third wave of coffee is what, is what we're in now. And basically the third wave of coffee is, man, what, what, how can we make coffee? It's like the golden age of coffee. What can we do to coffee to bring out these bright flavors? Man, what are, mm -hmm. what are different brewing methods that we can do to 
to inform people about, man, this is how coffee can be made to its highest potential or capacity. Like, how can we make sure farmers are getting paid what they need to get paid? How yeah. can how can baristas inform people, man, this is what the science of coffee, they can they can do latte art. There's there's different brewing methods and mm -hmm. there's espresso, right? There's, there's percolates and there's immersion that we'll talk about, but it's like, man, coffee is so much more than get a get a you know vanilla frappe before work but it but it's an art and it's a science and yeah. that's that's what we're in today yeah and this is actually where it gets a little bit foggy because I, sometimes i think third wave coffee is seen to be like really pretentious and like really inaccessible to a lot of people and like to some extent that is true like a lot of people like henry and i who are like third wave baristas like we can come across as a little bit pretentious and like um, there is a science behind it and there is this, this certain level of knowledge that does come with like specialty coffee but that's kind of what this little short um, like coffee class series is for is to help make specialty coffee a little bit more accessible mm. um, because once you understand the fundamental basics behind like the the potential that coffee has to this like elevated status um, it actually becomes a lot easier to first of all value but then also to consume because you're it's like um it's uh, an analogy that i've heard before is like ground beef versus steak where it's like it's it's the same product but you're consuming it in like a two different types of of production basically yeah. one is more commonplace whereas the other one is a little bit more of a like a hot commodity mm. in a sense so um yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that and we're gonna go. We're gonna have, we're gonna have coffee two hundred one, y'all. We're gonna have coffee three hundred one. We're gonna have coffee ninety hundred one. Like we're gonna do ninety so, hundred one. We want to inform you guys, and something that I'm always gonna say. We'll probably say this very frequently as yes. we speak. Is hey, drink coffee the way you like it. I totally understand that. Like people enjoy vanilla lattes. Yeah. And I think we can make vanilla latte specialty. I yeah. know. Yes, pour overs and single origin espressos. Yep are so good but like at the cafe we work at like we make our own vanilla yep. right we make sure we have perfectly steamed milk and really high quality espresso to make sure that even if you prefer a vanilla latte over a pour where we want to make it the highest quality we can give you so yeah. drink coffee the way you like it yeah so one thing about these different waves of coffee where we find ourselves now is we have this kind of like head-to-head -head between commercial coffee and like specialty coffee. Mm. So one of the main differences is of course the actual quality of the coffee. So like most things that are commercially produced, you do have less quality control. So um, just lots more steps in between, lots more like middlemen to kind of go through that um, really kind of let the, the quality slip on the way. So. Um, from a consumer's point of view, there's not that much immediate difference other than like packaging, things like that. So like most commercial coffee comes in like instant packets or already ground or like Keurig. Keurigs, yeah, like things like that. Um, whereas specialty coffee typically comes in like whole beans, either in like one pound bags or even like bulk uh, whole, whole beans, um, I'm sorry, whole uh, sale bags. Um, and so you typically need to be involved as the consumer a little bit more to like ground them before you use them. Um, so in, in reality though, it's actually a little bit better for you as the consumer to buy them pre-ground, I mean, sorry, not pre-ground, um, whole, whole beans because the coffee actually lasts longer in that regard. Um, if you buy them pre-ground, the shelf life more or less like 
diminishes by at least a couple weeks, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and like right away. I mean, I whenever we ground our beans here, we do our best to make sure they're brewed as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even in that, with commercial like coffee shops like Starbucks and other shops that kind of sell in like grocery stores. Like the other day, I was at I was in a grocery store and I saw a bag of coffee there, and it was roasted like two months ago. Oh yeah, it's like like yeah. buy from your local coffee shop where it's probably roasted that week. Yeah, it's more fresh. <laughs> it's definitely like quicker from farm to table, so to speak. Um, another thing about from commercial coffee ground beef to table. No, no, no. <laughs> another thing too is that commercial coffees are usually roasted in large quantities and on large plants. So again, like commercially produced things, it's just more mass quantity, less quality control. Um, whereas specialty coffee is usually roasted in the smaller stores. Uh, so like, for example, at the shop that we work at, Third Wave, we roast in-house. We actually have a roaster machine inside our coffee shop. So typically in specialty shops, you find their roasters or there is like a, a roasting uh, location not too far off from the shop. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so there's much, much more like locality in that regard. Which, side note, we do work at a cafe called Third Wave Coffee, which yeah. almost sounds pretentious, <laughs> but the reason for that, it's almost like like if you made electric cars, if like the name of your company was like electric cars. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that is we're, we're in an area where there wasn't many specialty coffee shops. Like there were like second wave or cafe type shops, but there weren't any specialty shops. So we wanted to car ourselves that so people could be like, hey, what does Third Wave mean? And then we could explain to them what we just explained to you. Yep. And so another thing too that I think is cool about specialty coffee is that we give, or specialty coffee gives the consumer a little bit more options to kind of like play a role in um, where they're buying from and who they're buying from. So unfortunately, a lot of commercial coffees kind of like do the picking and choosing for you. So let's mm. say for example, they, they may offer like a single origin, but they may only offer like one or two single origin. So like single origin to kind of break that down, it's the one single source of where that bean is grown and produced. So, for example, like Ethiopia or Guatemala or Nicaragua, etc. So they may have those options, but maybe like only one or two, whereas a lot of specialty coffee shops may have like eight or nine. I mean, our shop has like 12 or something like that right now. Um, and commercial coffee shops typically, or sorry, commercial coffee companies rather, tend to have blends. Uh, or things that have like sweeteners or like uh, syrups or flavors that are included in the roasting process, which again does actually get rid of the natural flavor of the coffee bean rather than um, adding to it or like elevating it. Mm. Um, especially because most commercial coffee brands tend to roast things a bit on the darker side. So again, you're, you're actually taking away the flavor ironically, but then you're gonna add these extra like artificial syrups and flavorings to make it more flavorful so it seems actually kind of counter yeah like, counterintuitive <laughs> yeah um whereas like of course the specialty coffee shops you're getting like direct from that origin arabica arabica light roast probably yep mm -hmm. um somewhere from like kenya or colombia or even like again like vietnam and places that are doing like specialty robusta stuff which like you guys that. know because you listen to our past episodes exactly <laughs> you know this this is coffee 801. No. <laughs> um, and lastly, um, it is just like a a better source of, of like contributing back to the countries of origin that these coffees are produced in. Um, 
like again a lot of commercial things i mean i speaking from somebody who like comes from san francisco where like everything is like shop local you know like you really are giving back to the people right away who are mm. producing this thing and i think with coffee it's the same like anything you buy that's mass produced it's just going through like a whole entire chain of people and like not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing it's just it's just a little bit harder to really navigate like where that profit is going back to Mm. and i think that specialty coffee does a better job at there are definitely still a lot of areas of of um, problems yeah Mm. and and areas of growth on that matter of like eliminating a lot of middlemen between coffee farmers roasters and then of course the shops but i do think that it is ultimately a a better option than just buying like pre-made pre-ground pre-whatever so yeah um so that's just kind of our introduction to coffee specialty coffee specifically and we're going to continue on with class at a later week Um, yeah don't be late you know (laughs) bring your hall pass in case make sure you take notes uh there will be a pop quiz (laughs) yeah um but thanks for listening and we will see you guys